it's just straight powder. It's unbelievable. Like, really? Yeah, dude, it's nuts. So yeah, I'll be out here until um probably like April ish, and then um and then uh, move back probably. God, I mean, I'm probably gonna have to live with my parents for a little bit, honestly. Save some money for school, and then. Wait, and I'm gonna go ahead and start recording. Damn, bro. So you're all over. So where are you living there? Like, are you? Is it? I uh, saw some random like townhouse, townhouse that I found. Um, they do. Uh, like, you ever heard of travel nursing? Uh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, like vaguely, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Like they, you can't really run a hospital without nurses, so they'll get desperate if they have a shortage, and um, they'll pay you out the ass, and. Um, They'll give you like a housing stipend too, and so, but I didn't want to drive all my like furniture out here, so I got a pre-furnished place. And um, dude, honestly, it's like cheaper than I was living in Raleigh, uh, to be honest. And it's a nice little spot, man. I'm I'm like 15 minutes from work, and I'm like 15 minutes from the mountains. So. Dude, that's dope. Yeah, Is it just you? You live there alone? I work, I work three or four night shifts a week, and yeah. then um, literally the rest of the time I go ski. <laughs> dude, you're living the life. Yeah, I can't complain. And, and so, I'll tell you, man, I, I was like. Um, I've always been comfortable being alone. Yeah. Uh, but honestly, I thought I was going to be more alone than I was. It's just a sign of the times. Like, I'm always still in the group chat. I'm always still in, like... Oh, like, bro, you're I'm always connected. Too. No, like, that should never end. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like I didn't even leave. So That's dope. Cool. How long... So how long are you up there in total again? I will be... Up there until school like, first of April. Oh, shit, dude. <laughs> yeah. So this is my last winter for, like, three years to go hard on the slopes. So. Jesus. Yeah, man. And this is like your thing. So when did you get into skiing? How did you get into skiing is probably the better question. Uh, I mean, I grew up going, um, like, with the fam. Yeah. Um, and then in high school, me and my buddies got super into it. Um, we would just ride to Boone. And we had a couple field trips up there. That's fucking uh, And then in college, one of my best, you know JP? Yeah. Yeah. Penninger? Yeah, yeah, dude. He's, like, filthy. I mean, Bro. Nasty. I can't even hang out with him on the slopes, dude. He is nasty. Are you serious? No, I could definitely see it. I could see him doing like helicopters and everything. Like I could see oh, Penninger being the real dude. Well, yeah, he moved out there, so we we flew out there, and like now every year we do we uh, do like a week long trip out west. Yeah. Uh, oh shit. It's our little tradition, and it, dude, it's nuts, man. Damn, I gotta start making like a tradition trip with some friends. This sounds incredible. I'm I'm already inspired. I'm already inspired. No, I can't do that. I I couldn't ski. I'll just hang out with you guys. I'll be at the bottom. I'll just like make snow angels or something. I'll be. My friends are here. Like I got the hot chocolate for them whenever. That's perfect. What ha- I I think uh the last time I went skiing was like eighth grade. We all actually we, it was like a big group of us. We were like in some like athletic organization, and the big trip every year was to go skiing. We went to Gatlinburg for two years, and uh, the first year, dude, I'm in this like nice. I've got like this nice North Face ski jacket, like all white. It's beautiful. We're in the cafe. I've got my tray and I've got my hot chocolate on it. I've still got the ski boots on. I take two steps, bro. Two steps. I slip, my best friend is with me. He's like, bro, it's like some shit out of a cartoon. Like, your feet are like, you're running, like you're trying to catch yourself. You fall back. I land on my back, bro, and all I see is the hot chocolate turnover all over the fucking jacket. That is my experience with skiing. We call you a Jerry. Jerry for that. That's my experience with skiing. But, bro, the big thing I wanted to get into, honestly, is this book, bro. This book is absolutely incredible, and I'm not saying that to hype you up. I'm saying that because... I talked to Lord about it before I had ever gotten a copy, and Lord's like, "Bro, I was laughing. Like, I'm at my, I'm at, jo- I'm at my job laughing. Like, I'm busting out laughing, and people are like, what's so funny?'" And I'm like, "Bro, I gotta get my hands on a copy of this. You sent me that copy, bro. Th- it was like the first couple pages. You're talking about the Planet Fitness scenario, bro. I lost my shit. Oh my god, I love that, dude. I love that. 
everyone that has seen me reading it is like, do you honestly, like, do you think I would get something out of it? Do you think I would get anything out of it? And I'm like, yeah, because I don't think this is something to where, like, for me, I'm like, I think it's for everyone. Like, I, when I read this, I was like, there's something in this for everyone because it's, there's a little bit of comedy. He also goes into depth about all of his workouts. And, but at the same time, he's not forcing you to do anything. He's, like, there are countless times throughout the book where you're telling people, like, make this shit your own, like, I, like, you're giving your suggestions, you're giving your experience, but you're never really, like, pressing anything on anyone, so I'm like, bro, I feel like anyone, like, anyone that wants to get into working out to someone who feels like they know everything about it can learn some shit from this, because I go into the gym all the time, and I picked up a bunch of shit from this, uh, I think one of my favorite things, like, is the concept of wrapping your muscles, or, or wrapping your mind around what your muscles are doing, like, fuck the weight, like, mentally think about that shit, because, like, I think the power of the mind is a huge thing, and honestly, it was one of my favorite things to read in this book. I'm putting that shit into every workout I do from now on, and I've been, and bro, I've been kicking my ass trying to do some of these workouts in this book and just trying to follow what you do. The whole no reps thing, no counting, bro, I didn't. That shit has been yeah, kicking my ass. People were so shook when I said that. Dude, you can't lie to yourself. Like you cannot lie to yourself. So I gotta. And it's like, like that one little thing. Um, that's just always been my style because it's like, you know, there's so many guys that will tell you like, oh, 8 to 12 reps, 8 to 12 reps. And it's like, yeah, that's cool, man. But if you're like, okay, say you're doing a weight that you can do like six times, right? Yeah. Like, why would you try to press to 8? Because you're obviously going to cheat to try to reach that boundary, right? And then if you can reach more, then, then like if you're saying 8 to 12 and you can really hit like 20 or 15, then that 12 just becomes an artificial boundary that like you're setting for yourself. Yeah, you know no. what I'm saying? I know I completely agree because I sit down in the weight room sometimes and I'm like, all right, I'm going to do 10, but I do 10. I'm like, bro, I could have done a lot more or I do 10. I'm like, I should not have tried. Like I got to cut this short. Yeah. Well, dude, people that come and work out with me, like I'm not saying that like I'm fan or anything, but like I just have a, I just have a, a different style. And like when my buddies will come work out with me, they'll be like 10, 15 minutes in and like, dude, I'm done. I'm spent. And it's like, yeah, you're not going failure, bro. You, you're telling yourself that you're like going hard. I'm sorry. Cause Another thing I took I took out of account of this, and like you point this out in the opening pages of the book, you still go out, like you still enjoy yourself. You don't ever like it's not like you have to completely change your life and not enjoy it. And you're just you're not a slave to the gym. You switch up a couple things. You're conscious of what you do. It's small little tweaks, and it's all in the details. It's like, bro, just don't be a fat ass. You know, yeah, you were, exactly. one of the things was like uh, I think you said. How do I don't understand how people complain about not losing weight and saying they only eat chicken and rice? It's like, what about all that marinara sauce? You drown that shit yeah, in. I'm like, yeah, or like, like, do you like the I'm trying guys? Like, <laughs> I hate that, man. Oh, I'm trying to lose weight. No, you're not. No, like, do it. Oh, no. I'm trying to get in better shape. I'm trying to start lifting more. Dude, it's cool if it's not a priority. I don't care. I'm not judging you, man. I'm into certain things, and I might not be into what you like, right? It's fine if you're not into it, but don't lie to me. Just say it's not no. a priority. Like, there's no, I'm trying to lose weight. Do you know how you lose weight? You eat less calories. That's it. Bro, but some people just, like, it's, a, like, you, I mean, I, I go back to, it, like, the mental side of it, bro. It's, like, it's all about you. Like, this book really puts it on yourself. It makes you accountable for what you're doing. It brings that out and shows you, like, bro, it's all about you in the weight room. You need to focus on the objective. Fuck the weight. Fuck what you look like. Fuck who's in there. Go in there and realize you are here to get better. That is all yeah, you need exactly. to focus on. And stop caring what some douchebag in the corner who's out here vaping a CBD pen uh, before he comes into the gym. Stop caring. Stop, like, worrying about what he cares about your, the weight that you're using, right? 
Like, it's obviously you've got to go heavy. Like, yeah. I didn't really talk about going heavy in that book because everybody knows you have to go heavy to get big. Yeah. But you have to mix it, too, man. I mean, you can, like, there's so many times, man, I'll be in the gym, and there'll be 100 people in there, and I'm doing the lightest weight in there. It's crazy. Bro, but that's... Yeah, the mind-muscle connection is so important, man. And that's why, like, I've had so many people that'll hit me up after reading this, and they're like, man, I like kind of halfway thought you were on like some kind of test or some kind of juice forever. And they were like, you know, I wouldn't judge you, but I kind of just assumed that. And then after reading this and after seeing the style of lifting that you do and after actually doing it and feeling it and feeling what a massive difference it is, they're like, dude, there's no way. Like, obviously he's going to look like that. No. Yeah, bro. Like it, I mean, it's a, it's a difference. Like I, I don't, it's hard to conceptualize. It's like, bro, it's a simple difference. Like reading this book made me make small tweaks to my workout and I feel like I'm getting a lot stronger, and I can feel a difference. Like, I know that this shit is paying and off, you know? Spending, you're not spending two hours a day in the gym, are you? No, absolutely no, not, exactly, bro. Dude. You knock it out quick. I love the fact that you're like, some days I go in there, and I just focus on two exercises. I'm like, yeah, like, so I don't want to yes. feel the pressure that, like, I have to knock out all this shit. Like, maybe I just want to do curls today. Maybe that's all I want to focus on, and I'm going to exactly. blast my arms. Bro, I cannot tell you how many... At like actual professional bodybuilders, especially in the men's physique division, even like Big Rami, he's like known as like the biggest bodybuilder. He gets like 320 pounds in the off season. Bro, I'm not kidding you, dude. He will literally go in the gym for like 30 minutes sometimes. He'll be lifting for 30 minutes because that whole time, it's just it's all time and retention. He's just absolutely murdering. He's just squeezing the ever living hell out of whatever muscle that he's using that day. It's all about that extra squeeze, man. It's like you got to stop worrying about like okay, if you want to get strong. That's yeah. different, right? If you want to get a big bench or a big deadlift, then it's like I said, like you have to act like the weight is light. You have to treat it like it's light. Yeah. You have to explode with it. But if you're trying to get a big chest or big shoulders or big biceps, you got it's all about the squeeze, man. And it's got to hurt. Mm. I think you said that in the book. You're like, force yourself to struggle. Like you you got to, ch- and chasing the pump, bro. Like, yeah, you got to get after it. You want to be tired. You want to be dead, even as you're working your way down the rack to the point where you can only pick up those fives. And, bro, yeah, love yeah. that shit. Like, don't sit there and try to pick up a 60 for three. Nobody cares. Like, I can't tell you how many times I'll be in the gym, and I'm like, yo, I look like a clown right now. Who cares, bro? I, got, I only need, like, 10 friends, and I got, like, 15. I don't care. <laughs> five of them can fuck off. We still got another five. Yeah, it's like, sometimes dude i'll be sitting there after like a burnout set i'll have like 15s in my hand yeah like overhead press and i'm spewing dude i'm like i'm like crying you gotta get over it man if you wanna if you wanna make a difference you know what i'm saying yeah oh fuck i had that mentally the visual of you when you said you're like on your last set you got like fangs you're fucking (laughs) you're foaming at the mouth i'm like bro he's getting it i i can fully believe it too like i can see bob like this i love that face and it's like dude the thing about um like the drop sets in particular and the supersets is like, you know, once you reach that point, like say you're doing, um, say you're doing like overhead shoulder press, right? Once you reach like your eighth or ninth rep on yeah. like a heavy set, like maybe you're doing 185 or 225. Once you get like to the point of exhaustion, right? A lot of people are just done like, oh man, okay, that was a good set, right? Yeah. We reset for a couple minutes. Well, okay. Just because you can't get 225 for another rep doesn't mean you can't get 135 for like eight more reps. Mm. And you're already in the burn. You know what I'm saying? You're already in that space. This That's how you can minimize the time that you're spending in the gym, man. Bro, I love it. I love it because I feel like I've shaved so much time off working and I feel like I'm getting more shit done. I'm gassed. Don't, don't get me wrong. I'm fucking dead after the fact. And that's the best part about it. It's like, bro, I don't spend as much time in there. I'm dead. I'm fucking huge. Like, 
what uh what was like what was the build up to get to this book like what made you decide to write this book um i mean so like obviously my my family's always been super super into fitness um i mean if you grew up with me you would know like my family's just like they're, they're freaks man really uh, i mean oh yeah man my mom's up by like 5 30 every morning like drenched in sweat before anybody else wakes up my dad was he was a huge weightlifter back in the day um he was more into like the powerlifting side though yeah uh he, he took Thick Boy Thursday to like the Thick Boy Thirties route, like Thirties. So uh, yeah, he's the he originator. He's he I love that. He had some cardiac issues, and then so he had to turn into dude. He is just a straight up cardio junkie now. I mean, he is shredded to the bone, like three sixty five. Really? Oh, bro, he's got a better six pack than me. Damn, same energy, just switched up how he trained. Yeah. I love that. It's so. funny, man, because he um he worked at PNC Bank for like most of his career. Yeah, and um I mean he was obviously spending like you know, 40 to 60 hours a week at the, at the uh, bank. And then he would go, uh, he maintained like five to like, usually like five to eight or 10 commercial uh, landscaping properties. Oh, and um, literally just so that he wouldn't turn into some like suit wearing elitist. Uh, <laughs> was like scared to work with his hands. But it was funny, man, because my friends would ride by and they'd see him and they'd shoot me a text like, yo, Bob, I just saw your dad, man. I can see his abs from the street, bro. <laughs> so he's always been straight up. And then my sister's always been a beast, man. She, um, she was an All-American volleyball player in high school, and then she went to wing it, you know. Oh, shit. Is um, she older than you? Yeah, bro. She's nine years older than me. Oh, shit. No, dude. I didn't. I think I knew you had a sister. I didn't know she was older. I didn't really know too much about her. I just knew you had a sister. I knew you weren't an only child. Oh, yeah. Dude, she was a goon, man. She had When she graduated, she had the, uh, the all-time wing it record for aces, uh, assists, I think digs, I think uh, wins or something. Uh, but, yeah, she started all four years. She was a beast, bro. A, a couple of – I think Susie beat her um, aces record and then somebody beat her assist record. But, yeah, dude, she was a savage. So that was just like – that was the milieu that I grew up in, uh, was just around these just hardcore, like straight-up animals. Yeah. And it never, like, overtly pressured me into anything, honestly. Uh, it was more just like – it's like the old saying goes, man, you are the average of your five, five closest friends. So, oh, you know, bro, I love that you say that. friends yeah. – were just always getting after it and they just always had this just relentless drive every yeah. day and uh it just carried over in, into everything man fitness just set the tone uh i mean we would go dude we would go uh to the beach in the summer for a week and my parents would get us a week-long gym membership to the local gym <laughs> they're sick bro we'd get up at like six go hit the weights and then go hit the uh, beach for a few hours and uh, then we'd go, like, knock out, like, a 10-mile bike ride afterwards. It was nuts. Bro, I fucking love that. That sounds Yeah, so that was, like, that was the environment that I grew up in. Um, my, it's funny, dude. My brother-in-law, when he first, um, I think they were engaged at this point, but his first, like, family vacay with us, uh, we went up to Boone. And I guess, <laughs> I guess he thought we were just going to, like, sit around and, like, drink beers and just, you know, <laughs> chill by the fire. Well, no, bro. We went on this, like, gnarly hike through the woods, like, up and down this mountain. Uh, we like went, or um, I think we we like walked around the town for a little bit, and then he was gassed, bro. We went to the um, cabin, we were just chilling, and then he was like about to go take a nap. We're like, Carl, we're, we got a bike ride to go on, bro. We're, we're he's just, like, fuck, bro. I'm like, what are you doing? Get up, dude. We got like nine miles to go. He's going through the ringer right now. He's trying to figure. Yeah, he was like, he was like, what did I do marrying into this family? So yeah, that's what it was, man. And then um, you know, I grew up um just playing a bunch of different sports. Um, it was always, you know, central to me. And then, you know, I love playing sports, but I just, I loved weightlifting so much more. Really? Um, I love that. I, I like that a lot. I didn't, I don't think I found like, I didn't fall in love with the gym until after I gave up sports. I didn't have anything to do. And it was just like, I think one of the things that you say, or one of the principles that you kind of build on is like, you wear this, like, this is the work that you wear. This is, 
Yeah, exactly, man. Like, this is how, you, this shows, you know, like, this is you. You can look at your body every single day and say, I worked hard. You can pick and choose what you want to work on. Like, Yeah, that's, dude, that always appealed to me, man, that I could literally make my body into however I wanted it to go. You know, if I wanted to put on 15 pounds in the winter, I could do it. If I wanted to shred up and turn into, like, you know, I, I was a year-round swimmer forever, so I was always, always super lean. Um, I never really started getting – I don't think I even broke 180 until I was, like, senior year of high school. Oh, shit. Um, really? But I just, that's why I love fitness so much, man. There's so many different avenues you can go down. Like, my side is so much more um, – it's more bodybuilding-centric for sure. It's kind of a hybrid. But, you know, you can be, like, a CrossFit guy. You can be, like, a powerlifting guy. You can be a, a biker like a Spartan race guy or a marathon runner. I mean, there's so many different avenues you can go down. And that's why I love it so much, man. And like, like you said about how like you wear this, like this is what you wear. Like, dude, when I see somebody like, um, like Zach Singleton's a perfect example for like winged people, uh, or like Corey Pleasure, he's one of my best buddies. Like when I see them from, you know, a hundred yards away, even if I don't know them, I'm like, yo, that dude works hard. Like, he knows what he's doing. And, like, there's a ton of ways to work hard, for sure. I'm not knocking people. I'm not saying you're lazy if you're not into the gym, obviously. But, like, you can just tell that right away. Like, yo, that dude is super into his diet. He has obviously been doing this for years. He knows what he's doing. He's got a lot of discipline. I respect that. So that always just appealed to me. Um, and it just grew into this addiction, man. It was like, I, I, like I said, man, I was into swimming forever. So I always had, like, super broad shoulders. And I was kind of known for, like, having a nice physique or whatever. But then once I started putting on size and you start getting, like, little comments here and there, it just gets so addicting. Man. Oh, and hell I'm yeah, bro. It's, stuff, it's like, man. all right, you guys see it now? Like, all right, I'm going to ramp this up. Yeah, yeah. It's like, what'd you say? What'd you say, bro? <laughs> but, that's- yeah. but then, um, so I, uh, like, once I quit, well, actually, I guess I did it uh, my freshman year, too. But, um. The gym I went to uh, growing up, Hall of Fitness, man, it was just, God, it was such a good gym. And there was some massive dudes in there. Hall of and, Fitness? Uh, a, couple of them, a couple of them convinced me to do uh, a men's physique show. And I loved it, man. I did three of them. Um, I got a little bit turned off just because it's like, it's such a limited lifestyle that you have to live if you want to do those shows. And yeah. there's so many roids, man. I mean, it's rampant, the drug use. Really? And I'm just, I'm just not into that. I don't like, no knock on anybody that likes to do that, but I got, my testosterone is already high enough, man. I don't need, <laughs> I don't need to be playing around with that. There's so many guys that die from that stuff that like, you know, their late thirties because their blood's thick as syrup. Uh, yeah, so no, I just, it's just... never really been my thing. So I wanted to get out of it and I wanted to like, have just a more balanced approach to it, you know? Yeah. And so for years I was training for myself, man. I was just in the gym just cause I loved it. And, um, then, you know, I had this little like five page word doc that I would send to, cause you know, wing it, man, there's everybody, there's an athlete pretty much. Oh yeah. So, you know, once it got word that I was doing those shows, everybody would ask, you know, Oh man, what's your program? What's your program? And so, man, I sent that five page word doc to probably like, no joke, probably like three, 400 people. Really? Over like a four year span. Yeah. And then I was finally like, dude, what if I just actually put some effort into this and like sold it for even just a couple bucks? I yeah. I was going to say, dude, you should have been selling it back then to those kids. I would have been like, bro, five I bucks. Like, I love fitness. I'm not in it to make money. I just, I wanted people to, to know the information. I wanted yeah, absolutely. To tell people more. Um, and I didn't think people would actually buy it, but then, um, I just started going at it one night and I'll tell you, man, I saw this, um, I, I watched a ton of Joe Rogan. I know you the same way. Oh, hell yeah. And, uh, I saw this one episode. He was with um, Annie Jacobson, who wrote uh, Surprise, Kill, Vanish, mm-hmm. uh, book on the CIA. It's an incredible book if you ever get a chance to read it. Uh, but they got off topic at one point. They were like um, talking about Rogan's like um, 
his like rise to fame or whatever, his like decision to get into stand up or to put himself out there. And he said, you know, his, one of his favorite quotes was from Henry David Thoreau, who said that the mass of men live lives of quiet desperation. Yep. Um, and like, meaning, you know, they're just stuck doing something they have no passion for. They can't escape. They're stuck doing this corporate job that they hate. They hate their boss. And, you know, it, and they're just, they're stuck, man. They're in this, this spot of quiet desperation and they can't get out. And it's, you know, people who know they should write or know they should sing or dance or start this business or, you know, whatever it is. And if you don't act on it, then it just eats away at you. And I remember like it was yesterday, man, I was driving in the car and I started tearing up when I was tearing Um, and I was like, you know, I'm just kind of, I was like coasting through life at that point. Um, and that was kind of like the final, uh, nail in the coffin that made me, uh, decide to write it and everything and to kind of go all in. Um, so yeah, that was it. No, I love that, bro. That's, that's deep. I, I honestly feel ex- the exact same way. And that quote resonates with me a lot. I feel this, that way about this podcast. I feel that way about the first time I started like really getting into the gym, really taking school and like my career and shit. Seriously. It was like, I'm not doing what I should be doing. I know that I'm not happy with what I'm doing. I'm just kind of going through my days. Every day feels the same. Yeah. Let yeah. me commit to something. And honestly, I fucking love this book because I, when I work out, bro, like I feel like working out is the thing that keeps me the most disciplined. So when I opened this book and I saw that you said, yeah. I'm not giving you some cheesy workout. I'm not giving you this bullshit. I'm giving you a set of principles. I was yeah, sold. Yeah. I was sold from there because it's like, for me, working out is what brings it into place. If I'm off the rails, if I've been bullshitting, bro, like if I'm, if I'm off my game for a couple of days, I know I just got to get back to the gym and I'll, I'll be all on my shit. I just got to get back to the gym. I just need to go for a run. Just get back into this fitness habit and I'm good. So when I read this book, bro, like I love it. Like I'm, I'm getting emotional right now. I fucking love this. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Dude, I love it. I, I put a lot, a lot of work into that, man. Um, I was worried. I, you know, I'll be honest. I, everybody was like, Oh, were you worried about people hating on it? And I really wasn't, I didn't care at all. If people didn't like it. Um, I knew like, I'm, I'm just so much more sure of myself now than I was like a few years ago. Yeah. Um, so I, I, you know, I have enough friends where I don't really care what, you know, anybody thinks. Um, but dude, it got a, it got a much more positive response than I was expecting. Um, and people are saying the exact same thing that you were, um, that, you know, it, that like the set of principles to kind of give you the freedom, like a little bit of an outline, but to give you the freedom to create your own lifestyle with it, um, was really what I wanted to do. And I didn't want to tell people what, like just what to lift, but like how to lift. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, no, exactly. And that's what I yeah. think that's, what's going to help people out the most when they read this book is just, it empowers them to do it. It lets them know that it's in their hands to take on this task of working out, of building yourself, of becoming whatever you want to be. And honestly, like you said, you're delivering a set of principles. I feel like some of this, some of the shit that you say in this book can be applied to other aspects of life. I really feel like the whole earn your weekend, food is fuel, not a reward. That goes whether you work out or not. Back at all in this book, that's what makes it fucking great. I think that's what's going to make it the most relatable. And it's like... It's like, yes, you're reading an exercise book. Like, you're reading a book that's talking about fitness. But this shit is fucking hilarious, bro. Like, it's delivering you principles in the best way possible. If this is if this is high school, this is the teacher that you want, right? This is the cool teacher. It's like... I had to get all that out. I just walk around with that just bouncing around in my head all the time. That's what I... Bro, I know. And, like, the fact that you said you're living up there in Utah and it's just you. I'm like, bro, I bet he's fucking hilarious. Like, we are missing gold. We got to get a webcam or something just to hear, like, the daily... The shit that he says on a daily. Can we get him mic'd up when he's on the slopes? Like, please. Oh, my God. But, yeah, bro. And then, like, honestly, you know, hate is, like... Hate is a super strong word, but I'm telling you, man, I hate this whole 
like body positivity movement where you're just healthy at any size. I think it's horrible for individuals. I think it's horrible for society as a whole. Uh, and it, like I said, man, I, you know, I got plenty of friends all over the spectrum. I, I literally could not care less at all. Okay. But I'm not going to lie straight to your face and say that you're healthy at 300 pounds when we know good and well that it's a quarter of the deaths every year, Zach, a quarter of the deaths every single year in America are directly attributed to heart disease. Okay. And obviously some of that is genetic abnormalities. Yes. Okay. I'm not talking about those. Okay. The vast majority of these are directly because of obesity. All right, I see it every day. I'm a, I'm a, uh, I'm on the CTICU. I see it every single day, man. I honestly didn't even realize it was as big of a problem as it was up until you just bringing it up to me. I didn't. Re- I knew that the whole self love thing. You're supposed to love yourself, but I didn't realize people were running around here saying like, "Yeah, it's okay to be unhealthy. It's okay to." No, I don't agree with that at all. I I've spoken about that earlier on, on previous podcasts where I'm like, "Bro, don't eat like shit." Like I I was telling you earlier. I don't support eating like shit because that's and it stems from the real issue. Like there really was a massive issue with, you know, fat shaming and bullying, but it's, it's almost like the rubber band got pulled back and just snapped so far in the other direction that now people are more worried about someone's mental health about like, you know, telling them and there's, there's literally bloggers out there that are upset about doctors telling them that they need to lose weight. You know, you know, what's great for that's mental health is getting insane. in awesome shape. This okay. is very true. We got people like, dude, go look up, go look up uh, the Tess Holiday Women's Health uh, magazine cover. She's like, she's like this famed model. Everybody loves her. She's like three hundred something pounds. She's on the cover of Women's Health. Okay, that is totally fine if she wants to be three hundred something pounds, right? I don't care at all. I'm so happy that you're happy. I really am. Okay, but don't push that onto young impressionable minds and lie to them and tell them that it's healthy. Okay, Zach, if my teeth were rotting out of my skull from smoking crystal meth and you said oh i'm healthy at every lifestyle and you celebrate and you put me on a magazine at men's health with my teeth rotting out of my skull with myth with meth mouth all right you know what you would be you would be a, a shitty friend you would be a scumbag no bro i fucking agree entirely <laughs> what and, is and it's part of this whole and it's part of this like broader spectrum idea where you know, you're perfect just the way you are, right? And why in God's name would you think that? Why would you think that you're perfect just the way you are? What have you done to, to like, what have you done to improve yourself that you think there's just nothing else to work on, right? What a nihilistic way to look at the world that you're just, you're just born perfect and there's just no reason to improve yourself. Like, you're just going to exist. You're just a bacteria. You're just going to exist. I just, I cannot wrap my head around that idea. And I'm, you just, you literally cannot be my friend if that's your mind frame. No, I think, I think humans are put on this earth to work. I think you're meant to find your purpose and let that shit kill you. Like, you got to work fucking hard at something. Yeah. But you got to. It doesn't have to be fitness, man. It, you know, I want to be around people who are pushing it every day in their career, trying to be a better friend, a better spouse, learning a new skill, whatever it might be. You know what I'm saying? Uh, JJ, I was listening to this quote the other day. Um, JJ Redick, greatest basketball player of all time. <laughs> uh, gave a speech to the Duke team. Um, I think it was like, I think it was 2016. It was like a year after one of our championships. And I mean, God, <laughs> we just won so many. Uh, but anyways, he was saying how like he tries to live his life. And, you know, he's a 10-year NBA veteran. He's super successful. Um, you know, I love the dude to death. But he says, you know, he tries to live his life like he's never arrived but is always becoming. So, you know, which means like you're always growing, you're always improving and you're not fine just the way you are. You know what I'm saying? Like in all likelihood, your life is probably in shambles. 
You know, I used to have that mindset too, and I got comfortable. I got complacent after college, and I finally had to tell myself, like, "Yo, you're spending too much money. You're drinking too much. You're going to the bars every weekend for no reason. You're wasting time on Netflix. You hadn't read a book in a year. You're not putting effort into your relationships. Your apartment looks like trash. I mean, you're just going through the motions. You're coasting through life. I fucking I, love I, it. Bro. Like, I had to tell myself, you are not fine the way that you are. No, you got to get your shit together, and you got to be honest with yourself. I think one of the things. You, you talk about lying in the, in the very beginning of the book. I forget the exact quote. I know I have that shit flagged, though. It's like lying is one of the worst things. It's like not helping anyone. It's doing an injustice to the people. Oh, yeah. It's like I, I think I said that I loathe body shaming of any kind, but I'm still not going to. Um, but lying as a means for protecting someone's feelings is still lying. Yes. And it's like, yeah, bro. Like, you can't fuck it. Like, the truth is the truth. You have to be on your shit. Like, this is life. I love the fact that you're like, no, I had to be honest with myself. I had to get my shit together. And it's like, yeah, yeah bro. Like, you could you could have sat there. You, you, you could have sat there and just wallowed in that. But you, you were like, fuck no. I'm going to figure this out. Like, I'm not going to settle for this bullshit life that I'm living. I'm not just going to take this. I know there's a better quality of life that I should be living. I'm going to yeah. pick my shit up and I'm going to figure this out. I love that. And it doesn't even have to be like, you know, you want to be this super famous guy. Like, we talk about Rogan all the time. Like, but... You know, you can be a normal guy working a nine to five and have some passion in your life. Yeah, absolutely. You should you love this life of yours, bro. You have to love this life. You can't. Yeah, and if you're if you're in that complacent place, uh, you're just coasting through life, and you need to sit down and have a brutally honest, introspective look at your own life and find out what you need to work on for your own self. Fuck. Hey, bro. Amen. 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 Yeah, and it's like, it, you know. And about like calling people out, it's like, you know, some of my best friends are people that I've called out or that have called me out on my BS. You know what I'm saying? Like, and you need those kinds like, of people around you. You said that earlier. Yeah, like, five, you're the average of the five people you're around most. You got to surround yourself with people who are doing shit or else you're going to be just like those losers you hang out with. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I mean, like, I, I joke around that, but like, I joke around a lot, but I'm dead serious, man. If you don't have goals or if you think goals are corny or if you're not actively taking steps to improve your situation, I want nothing to do with you. I, I can't even be around you. I can't even understand you. No, I you agree. I, I, it's funny that you say that, bro. I thought about that this week. I, you can't hang around people who don't have anything to lose. You can't hang around people who aren't striving for something. It's yeah, not, no, or else you risk what we were talking about earlier about living a life of quiet desperation. You will I can't think sing. of anything worse than wondering what could have been. When you're 50 or 60 or 70, you know, like, yes. what if I had asked that girl out? What if I had gone for this other career opportunity? What if I had started stand-up comedy or opened a yoga studio? Like we live in the freest society of all time and nobody hates you enough to get in your way. Your life is your fault for better or worse. So I, I just, I just stop blaming people for your circumstances and take charge for what's in front of you. Bro, it is honestly very refreshing to hear more people saying this. I, I'm, it's, you know, cause it's like it, every now and again, you just look around and it's like, Oh God. Does no one does no one care? Am I the only one here? Did, you guys don't have gold. Like your guys aren't trying to go anywhere. Like no, yeah. so you, you yeah. know I I won't speak specifically about people, but you look back and it's like some people are still in the same position. It's like yo, wake the fuck up, bro. It's been five years. Figure it the fuck out. This yeah, we and it comes from comfortable times, man. I mean, we, we're in like the hottest economy of all time. You know, nobody, almost nobody starves to death anymore. We've almost eradicated world hunger, or we're on the way to. Um, and it's like, you know, it comes from that. It's, you know, once you have that comfortable life where, you know, you've got all your bases covered, your basics, uh, to at least, you know, I think it's, if you're over like 
65 or eighty thousand dollars, something like that, where uh, like your level of happiness isn't even correlated to your income after that. So like once you reach your your you oh, know shit. where you're in a comfortable position, it's hard to keep pushing. It's hard to keep you know trying to improve your situation. And people do get comfortable. That's why like I can't tell you how many times I was living in Raleigh last year. I can't tell you how many times uh, people that I knew were spending three nights downtown on Glenwood Avenue at the bars a week. And it's like, bro, what are you, what are you celebrating? <laughs> What's what happening down there every week? Yeah. Like I get if you want to go out every once in a while and have a good, ha- have a good time with some friends, but my God, man, just because it's Friday night doesn't mean that you've earned, you know, three uh, nights, bro. They might be, che- you might want to check on that person. They might be fucking running from something. <laughs> yeah. Check on that person. I have to make a list. First. <laughs> no, bro. I, I mean, it, I, the goal setting I guess it is to and to some extent to some people cheesy, but I don't know why it would ever be. I mean, I think like you said, you once you in this life, you should feel like you need to better yourself. You feel like you need to progress, set goals. And once you hit those goals, you can be happy. You can. Oh, that felt great. But now it's time to set better goals. Now you've proved you can do that. Let's do something else. Let's see where this goes, because what the fuck is the point in sitting on your ass for 50 years? You have 50 years. What is the the average human life expectancy has got to be what, like 70 years at this point? So, up, upper 70s? Yeah, I think uh, for Depending women, on it's like 79. For guys, for uh, white guys especially, it's, it's actually going downhill <laughs> now because of all the suicide and opioids. But um, yeah, it's still in the 70s. Yeah. So like you got a lot of us, not, I won't say a lot of us, but a good bit of us have 70 years. Bro, do you know what the fuck you could do in 70 years? Do you know how many yeah, fucking yeah. businesses you could build in 70 years? Yeah. And I feel like I didn't even really, like, come into my full consciousness until I was, like, 22 anyways. So That's what I'm mean, saying, bro. I, like, I don't even feel like I existed before then. I was just kind of living. Like, I was just <laughs> literally just leeching off my parents. <laughs> how about that? Don't, not even knowing how good we had it, bro. I thought college would never end. That shit ended and hit me like fucking brick. Yeah. Yeah. It happens to a lot of people, man. For sure. But I guess it's all about, I mean, it's all about how you respond to that, you know? Yeah, and even more so, like, like uh, that, like, five to, like, eight-year span, depending on your situation, right after college, is, uh, in my opinion, the most important part of your life. Like, Gary Vee always talks about how that should be the, the highest risk-to-reward ratio of your entire life. Because, you know, once you start having kids and a mortgage and you're tied down with all these different commitments, you're not going to be able to, you know, it, well, you can, but it's, it's a lot more difficult to go after stuff. Um, with those time commitments already, you know, weighing you down. Yeah. And so, like, yeah, you're, you're going to live until 70, but, you know, you're only going to be in your 20s for, you know, a very limited amount of time. So you need to take advantage of it. Bro, I've said it every day since I've graduated. I'm like, my friends, my closest friends will, will vouch for me. I go, holy shit, bro, this is life. Like, the day, this is the days of our lives. Who would have guessed? This shit is dope as fuck, bro. I thought college was cool because, you know, oh, you're away from your parents. Oh, fuck no, bro. The real life is cool. No. You can do whatever yeah. you want. No one cares. Your parents don't care because they're like, yo, we're, like, we're done with you. You live in Utah, bro. Like, you can make this whatever you want. So, yeah, so yeah, man. like, roll the fucking dice and have fun. Like, do some crazy yeah. shit. And, like, I'm, uh, please do not think that I'm, like, the all-knowing being here because I, I don't deserve to give advice to anybody. But um, I am, like, I guess known as, like, one of the happier people that I know. Absolutely. Uh, no, absolutely. Like, Yo, you're always, like, 
one of the most amped dudes that I know. And I tell you, man, my one advice is just to live hard, man. Whatever you're doing, just live hard. Like I, I try not to coast through anything, man. I don't care if it's like, uh, like a softball tournament or like I'm playing ping pong at the YMCA. Like I'm going hard, man, you know, or like a trip, like a vacation with my friends. Um, you know, I just, I, I try to live in the moment as much as possible. Um, and you know, for better or for worse, that's that's how it's worked out for me. And like, dude, that, that kind of sense to my fam too, dude. We, dude, my fam just goes hard, man. We, I grew yeah, up, uh, it sounds like it. and then our summer league um, was hardcore, man. And uh, summer league, like, yeah, Durham Summer Swim League. Oh and, shit, uh, dude, it was nuts, man. I used to love to race. Um, and so I would like my sister was nine years old. So after she got done, she was the head coach, right? And I was of like, your swim them, team. Yeah, so I was, like, obviously one of the swimmers. Well, my mom was, like, the head timer and the parent rep for the team. And then my dad was, like, the PA announcer who was, like, <laughs> take, your, take your mark, go. Oh, bro, it's fucking dope. Yeah, and so we were just, like, always in it, man. We, were, we just never wanted to just exist. You yeah. Know, we wanted to be engaged with everything. Bro, I love that. That's I think that's how you got to be, though. That's the only way to enjoy this is to – someone someone told me early on. I had switched up schools, and I was like, so what's this place like? And they said to me, it is what you make of it. And I think that applies yeah. to everything in life. It is what you make of it. Because you could be in a bad situation, but you can make the most of it. Or you exactly. could bitch about it. Like, you have I, to I get over you, that hump. Like, this whole like, age of the entrepreneur, like, on Instagram and Twitter and stuff. Yeah. Uh, about how people, like, hating on nine to five jobs. And it's like, dude, okay, first of all, literally probably 200 million people are going to have to work a nine to five job. <laughs> this is true. A lot of these people are going to have to work these jobs yeah so stop like you can hate like if you are just a miserable prick then yeah your nine to five is gonna suck okay but if like you need that means you need to find passion in in other avenues of your life and bring it into your work you know what i mean and if you i mean i don't mean to tell you to stick with your job if you absolutely hate it but i don't know people people um i think they just like they want to feel miserable so that they can get out of a situation that's not that bad in the first place you know no i agree I, I fucking agree 100%. Everybody, I was listening, I listen to this, uh, I listen to it pretty frequently, actually, this Nick Saban speech, and he's like, people love to get the poor me's, poor me, I'm tired, oh, yeah. poor I me, this that. is hard, poor, they, they want to play the sympathy card, and, and they want to play the victim, because that's easy, right, you could just roll over, it allows you to not have to fight, and it's like, yeah, no, I can't stand that, I, I, oh my god, I always tell my parents, like, um, like, even when I would get hurt or get sick or anything, I used to get so mad when people would be like, oh, are you okay, man? Are you fine? I'm like, yes, bro, get off of me. I'm fine. Jesus Christ. You have to pick yourself up. Like, no one else is going to have your back. I figured that out because I was an only child, and I went to, I lived on my own for a bunch. It's like, no one, but once you do that, it changes your life. You take responsibility for what's going on, and you really start to enjoy that shit because you realize you can make it whatever you want to. Like, you yeah. really have to internalize that and grab that. What's going wrong? At least I have that. You know what I mean? At least I have that. I control that. That's what really appealed to me because, um, you know, with basketball, like LeBron or like even like baseball, like Mike Trout, I mean, you're going to have naturally talented guys. Yes. Not to say that they can work hard. I mean, obviously those guys work their tails off. But, uh, I mean, don't sit here and tell me that they didn't have some natural just God-given abilities, right? Oh, yeah, with absolutely. Fitness, man, it, there's, there's no talent in it. It's uh, the, the exact amount that you get out of it is going to correlate with how much you put into it. Um, and so that's why I always think you can't feel bad for yourself. Um, 
because you put yourself here. <laughs> no, absolutely, you know? absolutely not. And you gotta you know, love that. You gotta love like, that you created you know, your problems. Yeah, barring any like life-threatening injuries or genetic yeah. abnormalities, obviously. But if you're able-bodied, then you're, you know, you look the way you do because you you live the way that you do. <laughs> yeah. No, you control this. You you the you played the cards you were dealt. You got them. Yeah, you're the but you played them. That's how that shit goes, bro. I gotta ask you since you uh you brought it up. How uh what's your opinion on? A, are you a Lakers fan now? Now that LeBron's with the Lakers? Oh, bro, I'll pull. For, I, I'll pull for the Soviet Union if LeBron's playing. <laughs> I fucking I love that dude, man. I, I hated what he said about China. I almost dumped him, but. <laughs> bro, I felt bad. I saw that and then I I was like. I didn't realize I don't I wasn't plugged in and then I I saw it after the fact and I was like oh bro LeBron didn't mean anything he said like they yeah, he, he didn't even he, like you could tell he's so apologetic he put his own he's got his foot in his mouth but like, he is not trying to be in yeah. this like this is not his avenue he doesn't even want to be issue, in man. like I I spend more time like reading and watching politics than probably ninety eight percent of people who aren't in politics for their job. Bro, you and are very even I don't, very even I don't fully understand that conversation. There's no way he's spending enough time to form yeah. uh, a realistic opinion of that. No, absolutely not. You uh, did you see the interview? I forgot. It was a while back, but he's saying uh, he watches every single game. I love it. I love it. Oh, bro, he's got. I mean, he's got like a genius level IQ as far as memory goes. Uh, I mean, have you seen him break down? like a whole sequence of plays back to back where he'll break down like three minutes of play just straight off the top of his memory about like who, how many times they dribbled, who passed to who, who hit the shot. And it, it, it's insane. Bro, the man is a master. I, he's, he's 16 season in. He's 16 seasons in. I was kind of worried, dude. I was a little worried about him because he got hurt last season. We had never really seen him get hurt like that. And I was like, I guess he's been in there a while. What are your opinions? I mean, obviously, they're killing it right now. Yeah, bro. It's Showtime Lakers are back. And, I mean, Anthony Davis is probably the best. I, I'd probably take him over anybody in the league right now. Yeah, so no. that definitely helps. But um, I just, like, I can't, I can't get on the same page with people who don't put him in at least their top three. No, I agree with you. I agree with you. What, is, what draws you to LeBron out of, it, of other athletes? So, I'll tell you, man. So, he, I, he grew up super poor, right? Dad left him when he was, like, super. I don't even know if he had a relationship with his dad at all. But he's been with the same girl since he was in high school, right? Never caught cheating. I mean, he got caught DMing a couple chicks. Yeah, that happens. So, yeah. DMs. I don't, he's but, living his life. He's uh, famous, he bro. He said, you know, the, all of his kids with the same chick. He sent all of his five closest buddies to college, right? And then hired him on his management team. He's never out getting DUIs. He's never out beating up his girlfriend. He's never out doing drugs, right? And everybody hated on him for so long, man. And I, I tend to uh, not show empathy, but I tend to like try to be a contrarian, kind of disagree with the crowd. And so that's what like first led me to him. But um, I mean, the guy, it just, Jesus Christ, man. I, I can't say enough good stuff about him. So that's like off the court stuff. But then on the court, I mean, Dude, look at his numbers, man. He's for most of his career, he was like 270 pounds. It's six, well, six eleven. Look up the conspiracy. Like he's listed as six eight. He's six eleven. <laughs> I don't know if you know that. I I bro, I just know he's tall as fuck. I know he's a freak. He's a freak. Yeah, yeah. He's watch absolutely. Arenas, watch the video of Gilbert Arenas breaking down his height, uh, like the conspiracy and how everybody supposedly knows that he's actually six eleven. Really? Uh, but yeah, man. And then when he came back to, uh, first of all, they were so pissed when he left Cleveland. Like, okay, he was playing with Mo Williams, Mo Kowskis, and uh, who was that other guy was his, um, his second best player? I, I don't even know. That's why that's, – that's how bad it was when he left, okay? Sorry, dude. He gave you like six good years and then left to go to a better team. 
right? And they were burning his jersey in the streets. Like, get over yourself, bro. You're Cleveland. It's yeah, crazy. no, that was wild. The, the jersey God. in the streets thing, I, w- I couldn't get behind that, bro. That was wild. Yeah. And then when he came back and beat them, uh, when they won 73 games in one season, and he came back and beat them. Unbelievable, dude. And then, and then they had to go get uh, Kevin Durant to beat him. Like, come on, dude. You know Draymond Green called Kevin Durant from the parking lot of the Q Center after they beat him. Oh, bro, I've heard. I know. I know. Yeah, he admits to it. He said he called him from the parking lot and said, yo, we need you over here, bro. They couldn't handle it, bro. The Heat were a problem, bro. The Heat were a problem. LeBron James was a problem when he went back to Cleveland. He was on fire. The man was yeah, on fire. Yeah, he's hitting threes, dude. That's unbelievable. Bro, the man was on a mission. It took an entire Warriors right, team. He's a savage, man. To take this man out. He was down 3-1. He was down 3-1 in the finals. That's never... Like, just be objective. Like, just be an adult. Be an adult when you talk to me about LeBron. You know what I'm saying? I'm so glad we grew up in this era. Oh, no, dude. I love the NBA, man. It's wild. What are you... Your predictions for Zion's career? Or do you Uh, think... I'm not on the Zion page. No. Um, I would have picked... I would have picked... John Moran over him just from the shooting ability. And mm. I think um, I've seen people like I've seen like hardcore physical therapists break down his body mechanics. And this is not going to be his, the last of his injuries, man. He's got he's got a lot of um, he's got just god awful running form. Really? Um, yeah, he's got like pretty uh, big I, guy, I mean, but not like his mechanics are off. I mean, freak athlete for sure. Yeah. But um, he's until he starts knocking down, you know, 25 footers at like 50 percent, at least during the game, then. Um, I just, I'm not going to get on that, you know. Fair enough, fair uh, enough. No, I understand. Fair enough, fair enough. I'm, I'm, I'm uh, also cheering for Brooklyn now. When, once KD gets back, I was all in on Kyrie, but Kyrie's been kind of weird. He issued that statement when he went yeah, back to a, He's another dookie, but I just, I don't know. He's, um, he wanted to be like the man in Cleveland when LeBron was there. And yeah, like, bro, bro. Even Kevin Durant is not going to be the man when LeBron's there. Yeah, right? I'm like. Like Kyrie, come on, bro! Like, play your role. Like, you want to leave, and he's and he's like, bro, I had to. He was in Boston. He's like, I had to call up Braun and tell him, you know, like, I'm sorry. Like, I I didn't realize yeah. how hard like I wanted to be this and that. And I'm like, bro, what are you were playing with LeBron James? Shut up, sit down, and take notes, yeah. son. Like, just be like, you're gonna be great. You're learning from a great. Just chill. Yeah, exactly. Dude, it's so much more balanced now, though, man. I can't wait till because when KD gets back next year, Clay will be back. Uh, I mean, Golden State is absolute garbage this year. Yeah, bro. I, I uh, so is that you know, is Clay out all season? Uh, oh yeah, he tore his. I think he tore his ACL. Oh, okay. Uh, oh, honestly. I didn't know that. But, uh, and that goes to show you, like Steve Kerr. Oh my God, the the mecca of coaching, right? Well, <laughs> I, it's, it's a lot easier to coach when you got KD, Steph, and Clay every single night. No, this is very true. This is very my true. freaking mom could have won a championship. <laughs> This is very true. You're playing with God. Like, come on. Yeah. It's unbelievable, man. How you're, uh, you're, are you happy Melo's back? Interested? Are you buying into this? Is he? Oh, man. I love Melo. I couldn't believe that people wouldn't pick him up. Yeah. I was not, I'm not surprised by this at all. He's still, I mean, he's one of the most elite scorers. He's probably top 15 elite scorers in the NBA. I wouldn't call you, I wouldn't call you stupid if you said he was top eight elite scorers in in NBA history. No, I feel Uh, the same way. I thought Melo was nice. I was like, maybe he, I feel like he was in a bad situation with the Knicks. I feel like he needs to get out of there, but I don't feel like Melo's a bad player at all. I mean, he's old for sure. And it sucks if you have to pay an old guy a lot of money that's not going to win you a championship. But um, yeah, I'm glad he's doing well, man. I love Damian Lillard. I wish they had, God, I wish um, that, uh, KD had joined them instead of Golden State back in the day. Mm. 
I thought that was so weak, dude. I know you're a KD guy. I, I, I'm telling I you right do. now. I, I don't, I don't think I hate anybody in sports more than Kevin. <laughs> I think he's when a great he's player. I think off the court, they, the the uh, Thunder were up on them three one in the Western Conference Finals. They came back and beat them, right? And instead of saying, "Oh, you know, leaving them is fine, leaving Russ, leaving OKC is fine with me," uh, but don't go join the team. Right? Go join. Go join the Clips. Go join uh, uh, Portland. Go join somebody and beat them. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. You just teamed up and made the worst super team of all time. See, I, that was the only time I didn't root for KD was when he was with the Warriors. I wanted him to do well. I wanted him to get a ring, but I wasn't openly like, yeah, go. Like, nah. I was like, honestly, I want LeBron to beat them. Well, dude, I knew all I needed to know about him when he came out with that burner Twitter account. He got Bro. caught. He had some burner Twitter account where people were, like, trash-talking KD. He'd go on there. Remember the one where he said, uh, oh, KD can't win a championship with these cats. You know he had to leave. KD's the best player in the league. And he was his Twitter account, but he accidentally logged into, like, he thought he was on his burner, and he was actually on his real one. Oh, my. No, he's. Oh, yeah. Bro, bro this is, is that how the burner account came out? Yes. He tweeted from the real verified <laughs> Kevin Durant Twitter account, thinking he was on his own burner. Talking like, shit about himself. Yeah. No, bro, I did not know that's. Oh, my. I'm going to have to yeah, reassess this whole like, KD this dude, thing, honestly. This is a clown. I, I wanted to buy a Brooklyn jersey. I'm going to have to reassess that, honestly. Oh, man. Yeah, you need to, man. The NBA kind of sucks right now, though. This is like the lowest viewership in the regular season that they've had in like 20 years. And it's because they're doing all this load management, dude. Like mm. Kawhi Leonard, Kawhi Leonard, who I would probably call, I'd probably call this, I don't know. Second best player in the league behind Anthony Davis. He is nice, bro. Um, he, he's nice. I mean, I guess Kevin Durant's probably the best player when he's healthy. But uh, definitely top three, top five guy. Yeah, 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 for sure. Up, like, one game a week, bro. <laughs> one game a week? Yeah, it's crazy. Oh, like, he no. Taking, dude, he took, he took PTO before he got his first paycheck. <laughs> This is That's what they're all doing now. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not a fan of It's a long season. They want to be healthy, I guess. Um, but I don't know. We'll see. It's just not exciting. No, I understand. I understand. I, and I'm trying to – I honestly haven't watched too much basketball yet just because football is still going on. I kind of – I don't want to double dip too much. I feel like too too many heavens is a bad thing. Yeah, yeah, true. But I definitely uh, – I definitely – Keep up with the updates. I've seen that the Lakers have just been murdering it. I've seen that Luka's been doing his thing. I love. I want to see how him and Porzingis mesh. Uh, I mean, if you can shoot, it's a shooter's league, man. If you can shoot, they'll is. find you a spot. It is. Do you think that Harden and Westbrook work out? Oh, I don't know, man. Those are two very hard-nosed guys. Um, who's their big man? Is it? Um, is it? Um, oh, I couldn't uh, tell you. Honestly, hold on. Probably look it up. I don't know, is it? Um, anyways, I don't know, man. They like. I didn't think KD and Steph were going to work out, and they did. So one of them's just going to have to take a bit of a back step, and I think it's going to have to be Russ because James is such a good scorer, man. And uh, you know, this Russ is true. Is this is athlete, true. And he can knock down threes for sure, but he's just nowhere near on the level of uh, yeah, no, James Harden. Yeah, he's not as consistent. He's not. Yeah, no. But that'll be interesting. We'll see how that works out. Yeah, yeah. That'll be some good shit to play out. All right, bro. Well, we're at an hour. We could wrap this bitch up. Uh, I really appreciate you doing this. Um, the Busy Body. Principles for building a great physique without missing out on life. Everybody can get it. Let them know where they can get the book, please. Dude, yeah. TheBusyBodyBook.com. Uh, I'll probably do like a special for... Um 
Christmas. It's only like I think it's like thirteen bucks right now, plus oh, shipping sure, handling. Sure. But yeah, man, check it out. Buy it for like your brother, your cousin, whatever. Um, and yeah, let's get it going, man. Let's let's make this the summer of uh, let's let's go like a thick boy, thick boy winter for like another couple of months. Ooh, I'm then, ready. Um, yeah, dude, I'm really excited, man. I got like it's funny, man. I get like fifteen snaps a day now of people. Um, like some people who were kind of like you that were definitely into like an athlete before but are now getting like way more into it yeah but even more than that uh i'm getting snaps from guys who just didn't care about the gym at all oh, who are snapping me every day now like bro i just murdered the gym dude they're like covered in sweat like, yo what are you doing today bro like <laughs> i'm trying to like talking shit and uh it, it fires me up man i love it so yeah get after it follow me on the um on instagram and let's let's get weird man good shit good shit well thank you bro i appreciate you coming on this bitch we definitely gotta have you back on yeah appreciate you having me on man all right bro peace all right brother i'll be in touch thanks See you, man. thanks